Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we're recording. Yes, sir. Welcome everyone to the Rink Rat Report podcast. We're recording this one December 20th, 10 p.m. As always, joined by my co-host Jason. How's it going, guys? Good, good week, good month. Like you said, I think you said tweeted this. Oh, it was one one and one this week. It was there was some it's good still, hockey, some bad. Still a good I think it was a good good progress considering we'll get into it in a bit but we've considering seen worst weeks with better results exactly that. but that i think we're what what is it? we got 14 we got i think 16 or 15 no we got like 14 points in 18 game or eight, eight, 14 out of 18 total points this month is what i'm trying to say or maybe 13 out of 18 total points i i had the mental math it, it left my brain but we've I'll listen better than our november we usually dominate in November, and it seems like December might be the new month now. That's all I'm trying to say. I moved it. I moved the November Cup to it. December. So Exactly. No one. No, I hope no the one... Leafs don't make me look like a fool, but currently they're not winning the the December Cup uh, rankings right now simply because they played less games than some other teams. But I tweeted it yesterday, and I want to find it. Here we are. So... No, that's the wrong standings. For <laughs> God's sakes. I had it here. Why? It's crazy. Uh, the Hurricanes are 12 no, 0 and 1. Good. No, that's the wrong season. That's probably. Uh, yeah. well, the least were like 4 0 and 3 going into this game. Yes. Uh, so now they're 4 1 and 3. So they have, what's that? 8, 11 points out of a possible 4 5. Four one and four. Sixteen. Yeah. Oh, four one and four. Yes, because they were four zero oh, and three. <laughs> this is no. Tough. They were four zero oh, and three going into last night's game. Oh, going into last night's. So they game. just okay. played less games than a lot of other teams. Okay. But... Okay. Okay. Yeah. Anyways. Okay, anyways. <laughs> one one and one this past week. Yeah. Obviously, the thriller against Columbus uh, at home. Uh, all three games fun. at home. The stomping in the Duba. What was I calling it? The, what the did Duba, I call it? The Duba Cup. Duba, Duba game. Duba oh my gosh. This is Duba Bowl. Duba Bowl. Duba, it might have been the Duba Bowl. This is <laughs> off to a fantastic start. All the, everything I wanted to talk about. <laughs> I think oh it was the gosh. Duba Bowl. It was the Duba Bowl. Yeah. Why did we drop the S, by the way? It's the Duba Bowl. I don't know. Duba Nation. Okay. The Duba enough. sites. <laughs> right? I don't know. All right, I, 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 I thought it sounded a lot better, like Duba Bowl, Super Bowl. If it's the Dubas Bowl, like 
I don't know. Game two of the Duba Bowl went to the Leafs, though. Yes. Seven nothing stomping over the Penguins. They showed Kyle Dubas so much. It's kind of funny that they put both those games on Saturdays, too. Uh, so. Oh, they knew what they were doing. They fully knew what they were doing when they were scheduling out these games. Uh, you I knew. Wonder, do other people really? I know Leafs fans care. I wonder if Penguins fans kind of care that the president and GM of their team used to uh, kind of sandbag they, the Leafs. I think they want to care. I think they want to be like, oh, you let the guy go. Now he's ours. Like, you know, I know some Pittsburgh fans who like really Not didn't like Kyle Dubas and then changed their tune the second that he like went off on it. It's like, bro, wow. I have like three years of receipts from you. Are you sure you want to like walk back everything you said? Like, but anyways, anyways. Anyways, the Leafs stomped them without Matthews. Uh, yeah. They were favored going into that crazy. game. crazy. I, I forgot they didn't Martin have Jones Matthews that game. In net, yeah. Yeah, 38 yeah. saves that game for Martin Jones, Bobby McMahon, his first goal. And then obviously last night, the Rangers game, which let's get into, we'll get into that one first, but later in the episode, our big kind of topic of the episode is going to be the Leafs forwards. Is that an area where the Leafs are going to, or should target at, for upgrades at the trade deadline? Specifically, I think the polarizing one this past week has been Max Domi for a few different reasons, I'll say. But before we get into all of that, I want to give a shout out to our friends at Manscaped. You guys have heard this ad over, oh, sorry, and over and over again. This like, The product's solid. I really like the quality of it. I use it pretty much every day. Uh, they had the 5.0 out. I'm just getting the script out, and I don't know where you're to good. To if you, if you need me to fill the leaders and below the waist okay. grooming have just launched their fifth generation lawnmower to help you avoid another silent night in the bedroom this year. Take care of your special snowflake with Manscaped and watch your South Pole shine like never before. Get the best stocking stuffer of all time by going to manscaped.com and using the code RINKRAT, that is R I N K R A T, for 20% off plus free shipping. I know I've gotten some feedback that people love hearing me ever so explicitly and in detail explaining, you know, the downstairs part of the human body. But you're going to hear me explain it a lot more. Manscaped.com, promo code RINKRAT for 20% off and free shipping. Shall we get into it? Do you want to start with the most boring game of the week or which other one? Uh, there were two very exciting games. Last night's game was kind of boring it um, was shitty luck but yeah no i i, I still had fun with it though because it was like i don't wow. know i don't know because like two nice I, matthews I could, goals yes i and you could like kind of copium your way out of that game of saying like a oh, just a couple bad bounces and or a couple good bounces and we're winning that game um could i mean it fully three goals three three uh, insane goals like actually like actually insane goals and you know i'm hard like I'm hard on goalies. You know that. And like, I don't know. You don't even have to have me say that those were like obviously insane goals, right? Like, and I don't know. It's, it was tough to see for Martin Jones, who I think started what three games for us looked good in two so far. This one also looked good in this one, he but just, yeah, those goals, I, there was one, but he gave up one bad goal though. You're right. Yes. That was a very that bad one. Goal. That was, that was bad. bad. I hope this game doesn't kill his confidence. That's yeah. pretty much all I have to say about this game. Like you said, two good Matthews goals, happy with the performance of the team unfortunate bounces you can't do anything about that and i mean i just hope that martin jones doesn't lose confidence from this i hope i didn't just like 
there's not really much to talk about for this game. Hopefully, I left some meat on the bone for you. Not much. So, as you mentioned, like it was a breakaway, but you have to recognize that's Braden Schneider on the breakaway. He has mm. he's not that offensively inclined, we'll say. He's in on a breakaway and he played the the deke or the come across, I guess you would say. So going from his love side to his blocker side, he cheated on that so bad that it just left the entire five hole or even the top side of the net too wide open for Braden Schneider. Schneider fanned on the shot and it went in. And when you mm. slow it down, you take the screenshot. When the shot before the shot was released, uh, Jones was going for the poke, but it was, it was mm. like the poke where he would meet him if he was coming across. So just nowhere near him, just a horrible read on that. Yeah. But yeah. overall in that game, I thought Martin Jones played very well. I thought he was, he made some very good saves on some good players in that one um, throughout this one. Like he, he got beat on that one. The rest of the goals were off a of skate, off a of glove, off of this, off of that. Like, that was a pretty solid game from Martin Jones. Like, you got to remember, this is Martin Jones. Yeah. This is probably the best you're going to get from him. This He's going to give you enough to win. I mean, he won a good amount of games in Seattle last year. But, you know, he had a sub-900 save percentage last year, too. You got to remember that. So, this has been pretty good hockey from Martin Jones. We got a shout-out. We got last night, which was I thought was pretty decent, too. So shout out to him. He's been playing above expectation, in my opinion. Definitely. And I guess, okay, so like this is kind of going to overarch for the other two games. And we're going to get into those in a sec. I guess if you're done talking about, like if you're good to go. My one last stat with this one. So it was funny seeing it because ClearSight does a great job with advanced analytics. They're a private model. Steve Valak had tweets the ClearSight analytics like summary after every single game the three goals that went off of skates and were deflections were counted as high danger chances. So it really skewed the Rangers stats in that sort of way. It was like 11 high danger chances for the Rangers. Okay. You take out those three that went off skate sticks, blah, 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 blah. They had eight and like the Leafs had seven. It's kind of pretty, pretty close. I would say. Um, Yeah. But the one thing I will say natural mm -hmm. stat trick at five on five, the Leafs had like a 50, had a 51.1% expected goals for, which, okay, whatever. Scoring chances for and against, according to Natural Statric, at five on five, 32 for the Leafs, 22 for the Rangers. It was a pretty good game. They got their chances. They couldn't bury on a few. There was a, I remember the descent. There was a few open nets that were missed. There was a few great chances. Shesterkin's a heck of a goalie. So not a bad game. If you're going to lose a game where the other team has three goals go in off of your own guys, I'll take it. It's an 82-game season. Yeah. And no power plays in this one. And no power plays in this one. I forgot about that. Yeah. For the Leafs. No power plays for the Leafs. We over the last three years have the least amount of power, or over the last two years have the least amount of power plays by like seven or eight. It's crazy. Yeah, um, but I, I think they've taken one of the least amount of penalties. I would say yeah, too. Fair. I'm guessing I, on that one. I'm guessing. I don't know. I I, I hate looking at these stats because talking about refereeing is just it's just noise. It's just noise. Uh, but yeah. okay. So what I was gonna get into, um, 
was, I mean, obviously we're not even going to talk about Columbus. No, we're still going to talk about Columbus. All we're right. going to talk about those games, but I'm just curious about your level of concern because I know that Ilya Samsonov is supposed to be sick, like is sick, right? Like he had the flu or whatever, which is part of the reason why. Or is that not why he missed the start? Dude, he had the flu like two weeks ago. <laughs> well, then I don't understand. So, okay. So level of concern with him missing or uh, like level of just level of concern with him, period. Like level pretty of high. concern with him, period. Pretty, pretty high. Eh? Because... I mean, simply because it's it's a mental thing it's not a physical thing if it was a physical thing it's like okay we gotta figure it out we gotta rest them you know if it's if it's a shoulder knee whatever you know what it is it's mm-hmm. a mental thing how do you get that back on track you don't know if it's gonna ever get back on track do you have to send him on a conditioning stint when joseph wool's back do you give him a couple do you grit through it and give him a couple starts you know like to try to push the confidence, like I have no idea. Like the crazy thing is about a, that Columbus game to start the game, the Leafs went down two nothing in the first period. The first two goals were not, I wouldn't say were his fault at all. He made three or four great saves. He was looking like he was okay. He's he's given up two, but he's looking pretty good. And then he gave up some that were like, okay, dude, like, come on. Just misplays, misreads, whatever. I don't know, whatever you want to call it. But mm-hmm. overall, not a good game from him. But it was a great start. So it's like, how do you get that and extend it? It's like, it, it's it's just mental mistakes from him, really. Like, I don't know what the difference, like this year versus last year. What, he had a kid and he went through arbitration. That's pretty mentally taxing, I would say. Yeah. And that, now I mean, he's yeah, going into sure. free agency, unrestricted free agency. So... I mean, I don't know. so with, with him going into unrestricted free agency, do you feel like, is there a point at all where we could see the least move off? If Martin Jones plays well for us over, let's say, the next month or so, right? If Martin Jones fully like takes the reins of starter over Ilya Samsonov in the short short period of time that we're going to be, hopefully, without Joseph Wall, is there like any... like? Anything you could see coming, maybe? Like, do you think that we would, do you think it makes sense to move off him? And also, is it like, is he now, does now he, I know we have like a lot of LTIR, LTIR space, but is he now the most obvious candidate to be traded if we need, I mean, not now, but if, if the scenario happens where Martin Jones just significantly outplays him over a month, month and a half leading up to the trade deadline, is he now the obvious odd man out where if you need to dump cap, he's the answer? Uh, we'll get into the trade deadline stuff. Because I have, I was thinking about it today and I was like, hmm, it's an interesting point regarding cap space, regarding assets, blah, blah, blah. Sorry, I was just thinking about With, that. But no, I understand. Uh, I, I, it was something I wanted to get into. I think it's a bigger conversation than just I am having the time of my life with these boogers coming out of my nose right now. This is awesome. Anyways, with Martin Jones, you have to remember, like, he could give you a good month, but what is Martin Jones? You have to remember, like everything kind of regresses to the mean. Like he's mm-hmm. playing well right now through three three appearances. Would have been three starts. Yeah, three starts, four appearances. He has a nine thirty save percentage. Is that going to stay? Probably not. No. Last year he no. had an eight eighty six save percentage. Yeah, but what changed? To be like the team, but to be fair to Martin Jones, has he ever looked good with a bad team in front of him? No, but has he ever looked good with a good team in front of him? Yes. Seattle's right? bad. 
Seattle wasn't the best, but he we've seen like Seattle is like the prime was a prime regression team for this year, and they're like they weren't like a, a dominating a defensive team. team. Fair, fair, but that also doesn't like you mentioned before. Good defense doesn't always translate to good goaltending because the style of defense you play mm-hmm. also depends on like it, it, the style of defense matters for your fit depending on your style of goaltender, right? Mm-hmm. Just because you play defense a certain way and it's well doesn't mean that it will fit with how your goalie plays, right? Okay. But we've seen Martin uh, Jones play well mm-hmm. in in front of a San Jose Sharks team way back when, who was actually like a legit good team, long time ago. But hey, how many years seen, ago? How we've many seen years this, ago? Give me the number. Think about, think no, about I'm not many, letting you get off of this. How many years ago? Well, give me the number. It was probably four years ago. But we've seen this before with other goalies like Mike Smith. That's another example of a guy who fell off. What's good fell off, then came back with another good team. Like we, these, this is like the ebb and flow of goaltending. Go, goal to goalies sometimes go through massive bad years. And like, listen, is Martin Jones going to be like amazing for us? No, but could he have like a, could, could we be two months from now? And even though he's a 930 save percentage and me making this, no, he was, well, yeah, four games. No, this isn't even that bold of a prediction. I think he can survive above a nine, 905 save percentage until March or until Joseph falls back. Maybe his last maybe I get nine fifteen in two thousand seventeen two thousand eighteen when he was twenty eight. It has been five full seasons. Since That's fair. We've seen goalies dip, duck, Mike, dive, use Mike dodge. Smith as an example. Mike Smith didn't go five seasons between maybe good, not good seasons. No, he didn't at all. I, I'm but, telling you. I but I'm I. There are times where goalies ebb and flow. This could just be one of those times. Five years between an ebb and a flow. <laughs> like to be fair, though, the, the Sharks team that he played on towards the end were not very good, and then he was with the Flyers, who were also not very good, and then he was with the Kraken for one year, who were like I guess good defensively, but also for save percentage wise, not the best because I'm sure they didn't give up a lot of shots. Anyways, um, you put a good team in front. Of, we'll, we'll see what we can do. We'll see what we can do. We uh, made. All right. <laughs> I guess. I mean, we have three games so far of good hockey. Will it last? If I were to bet on it, I would say no. I'm not I, asking. I think I'm it's not going saying... to re- regress. For but... sure. For sure. But do you think that he could be like, let's say, how many games are there between now and March? We're on game. What is it? We're, we're on March. game like 29, 30. Let's say there's probably 25 games until March. Do you think over, let's say, his next 15 15 starts, assuming he gets that many starts over that period of time. Do you think he'll be able to maintain a 905 and above? Including these starts? I mean, yeah. you'd hope. Yeah. Right? A nine, so, 900-ish? How many games would that be? And, so that's all, and that's all we to, need. And that's all we need. Sorry for sidetracking us so long 60. for that. So it's like 30 games between. Yeah, we have 30 games until March right now. So, I don't know. I mean, the, the, like the issue is with Ilya Samsonov, it's, again, it's between the years. And so his reads aren't very good. He's misplaying pucks. Just like before the shot is taken, he's just putting himself in bad positions. Like he's putting himself in least, less, favor, less than favorable positions to stop the puck. Like, will it stop? Will, it, will he snap out of it? Like, it's... I'd hope so. If I were to bet, who would have 
what's more likely to happen? Martin Jones, a 900 save percentage over his next 15 starts. Or, or Ilya Samsonov start like Ilya Samsonov snapping out of it. Probably would have to go with Jones just simply because like I don't know how you quantify a goalie within the same season kind of finding himself again. It has happened, but with this one with him in particular, I don't know. I don't know. So, yeah, this is our tandem right now. You got to survive until Joseph Wool's back. And even then, like, as I the Goalie Science podcast did a great podcast on high ankle sprains because of Joseph Wool. And they were both saying when they they had their high ankle sprains, they said it's really weird because you're walking, you're feeling fine, everything's good. And you go, okay. Maybe I get back on the ice, do some light work, and you go into a butterfly, and they say it feels like your entire leg snaps. Snaps. They said it's so painful. And so then, so you're, Joseph Wool will be playing with some pain, but how, like, how he's able to manage that and how he's able to play with that will, is to be seen. Yeah. So, so, yeah. Well, Listen, you mentioned about Samson out between the ears, not being able to make, be in the right position to make good stops. We saw that on full display in the Columbus game. <laughs> it was bad. Yeah. How do you, how do you feel? Well, well three, did you, four, five, sure. Yeah. I can't remember the, the exact ones, but yeah. Goal six, even. I mean, three on three overtime. Yeah. I'm never, it's, it's always hard on the goalie because it's just, I mean, it wasn't the best shot, but again, like, it's an odd man rush. The the other team always has options. Like I don't really, I don't put. Yeah, uh, you have time and space with it. So sure. Yeah, I don't put weight into it. But yeah, let's let's talk about this Columbus game for a bit because, like you said, bad goaltending. But it feels like I mean we saw a good good old third period comeback. I feel like I don't know. I feel like we needed that. That was a, that was a fun game. How did you feel about that game in general? Because you weren't able to watch it live. You saw the fireworks no. afterwards, basically, right? Yeah. I, I listened to the fireworks essentially on the radio. On the radio, yeah. And I was like, what the hell is going on here? <laughs> like, this is insane. Like, I got off the ice, I'm like, 5-1? Like, what the? Like, what is going on here? And then I saw, okay, 5. And then the score was showing 5-2. I'm like, but I didn't get an update for a second goal. And then eventually it came in. I'm like, okay, so I got in my cards, 5-2. Then they got a power play. I'm like, you know what? You get one here. A good amount of time. Anything can happen, you know. And they didn't. The first power play came off. They had a face-off. And then it was Jake McCabe power play goal. <laughs> Jake McCabe power play goal? What, what are we doing here? Jake McCabe's on like a five-game point streak, by the way. So there was that. And then I'm like, okay. And then they pull the goalie, bunch of chaos. And I'm like, okay, it's ticking down like... I guess we don't have it. We a good try kind of thing. And then they scored one. I'm like, okay, there's some time left. They've made the score reasonable. And then bam, just like that. Another goal. Yeah, I, I, mean, I, I, I could not believe down five goals. Jim Ralph read off the stats so many times on the broad, on the radio broadcast. He's like the biggest Leafs comeback was uh, they were down six, one, 
And then the third period, they scored like seven goals or something like that. That's the, I think it was like the nineties or the eighties or something like that. So a time where you could ease more easily score goals, but yeah. Then to lose an overtime after all that, it's like, what the hell? <laughs> what the hell is going on here? It's all right. But, it's it, it it adds to the lumps and it was fun. I don't know. It was a fun it was a fun game to watch. Um definitely. Well, it was yeah. a fun period to watch. Never mind game. It was yeah. <laughs> it was a fun yeah, period. You're right, to you're watch. Right. It's, the first two periods were a little out of out of sight, out of mind, out of the back of my head for that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I feel like there's nothing much really to get into for this game. It was just wild back and forth, a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I mean, it was it was funny to see Jake McCabe score a power play goal, though. Like, I know I've repeated yeah. myself 19 times, <laughs> but how crazy is that? Like, you expect, okay, maybe you'll chip in a depth goal somewhere, kind of. Like, maybe the third line gets one for you. And it's like, oh, okay, we got Jake McCabe on the power play. It's crazy. Was the one that chipped it in. And then Mitch Marner, the second goal, we missed, we skipped over, we glossed over that. Mitch Martin goes between the legs. But <laughs> the reason that goes in is because he fans it. Like, Merzlikens kind of like stretches out. Like, okay, he's trying to go far side on me. And then Martin fans it. So it just goes, ends up slipping in between. It barely got any wood on it. And it's, <coughs> it slips between his legs for a beauty. So you not only got some just like grit and grind goals, I would say. Mm-hmm. You did get some some nice ones in there, like like Matthews to Nylander, that was a beauty, and then Marner's goal was a nice one, um, and then oh the touch pass, I think it was the tie goal to Veres to Marner to Matthews, that touch pass by Mitch Marner, oh my god, what a like just the the foresight to note like okay I got that guy here just oop one touch like that was disgusting just what a talented team they have at at six on five this year it has been a treat i will say that and especially recently yeah i mean it's been fun to watch i'm here i'm in for it i'm in for it um i don't know i don't have much to say about this game like you but yeah you 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 summed it up pretty good let's 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 hammer out the duba bowl quickly here before we head out it was just an absolute doable so we have game three of the doable winner takes all in uh, april april 8th i believe april 8th i can't is remember april, is april 8th a saturday <laughs> Ooh, that'd be a funny one. i'm gonna look that up right now but if it is is hilarious um but what was funny I about mean, that game so they yeah. jumble up the lines you're like okay Jonas Siegel before that game, I don't know when, maybe on the Friday or so, writes that article. Oh, the the Leafs have a Max Domi conundrum. Like they they did not went back and forth earlier in the year, but Jonas Siegel made a comment, something, oh, you're playing better at center or something like that. And Domi was like, No, I was I was playing fine this year so far. And he like kind of kind of made a little snip at him. Uh, they they played it on overdrive too, so it wasn't oh, just me. That. That thought. Was that after the article? No, it was be- it was way before. It was like when he like wow. first few games into him playing center in November. It would be he was like, no, I've been playing fine. They like he snipped at him, and so then Jonas Siegel writes that article. The Leafs have the Max Domi conundrum. Where I didn't read it, I didn't care. I just read the the headline. I'm like, okay, sick, whatever. 
So the Max Domi with Austin Matthews and TJ Brody out, Max Domi gets that elevated role. Role, yeah. Um, was he on power play one? Uh, Maybe I'm not. not sure. Either way, he was. He had some good line mates with him. That, that's that's the obvious one there. And Max Domi delivered early in the period, early in the game. Couple nice passes through the neutral zone. One of them he tracks back really, really well. Makes a strip at center ice. Gets it to Nick Robertson. Robertson with the provides. Oh, que bello sauce. bene. <laughs> to Mitch Marner, who then roofs it on Tristan Jari. They chased Tristan Jari pretty quickly in this one. But what was funny about this game is that like Leafs got a good chance, and then the Penguins went down. They had a really good chance, and they put it through the crease. And then after that, it was just the Maddie Nyes show, baby. Comes back from sickness, goes in. Ryan Graves, I don't know what the hell he was doing on that play. Just gives him way too much time and space. Maddie Nyes makes him pace, go right, goes right around him, fake on Jari, puts it upstairs. No problem. What's Matthew Nyes do on his second shift? Fight. Someone's uh, number, can't remember who it was, some random guy in the pen, Penguins. Number seven. Took a run at Max Domi. Matthew Nyes went straight after him for his first career fight. That was awesome to see. What a welcome back to the lineup for Matthew Nyes. Just reminding me, like that guy, that guy can be such a firecracker too. Oh, just the the combination of skill and banging bodies. Love and it's it. good to it, it's good because like he's he's had these like flashes when it's like this is only his first year, right? So like this is first ideally season. the floor, right? So he's every game he should be getting better. And it seems like he is, you know, like development is not always linear. Right. So it's not like every, like every game, it's just like, is he adding something? Is he adding it to him? He'll have good games. He'll have bad games. His focus this year is just to add tools, obviously. So, I mean, only 30, it's crazy to think he's only played 30 NHL games when you watch him play. Seriously. It's, it's, it's kind of surreal to see, but uh, yeah, good, good, good. Welcome back for Kyle Dubas there in that game though. Max Domi. Oh yeah. Does well. Matthew Nye scores a goal. Marner scores a goal. I mean, great, great game overall. Uh, do you think On he was bad? Yeah. Seven nothing game for the Leafs. The Leafs hit three posts. Morgan Riley hit the post twice. Mitch Marner hit the crossbar. That could have been yeah. a disaster. Yeah. Disaster. Bobby McMahon. That was awesome to see he get him get his first goal. Yeah, I've finally. talked about his journey. Like when you're going your twenty year old year in junior, playing four years of college. <laughs> having to go through the, the four-letter league, uh, coming out of college, played some with the Marlies. And then the next season, he got sent down to the Growlers. He had five points in five games, so he was playing well. And then Kyle Cush, credit to Kyle Cushman on this one. He pointed this out. He got called up because of a Nick Robertson injury. And then that was the season he started to pop off and score some goals. And then the season mm-hmm. after that, signed his first NHL deal. And then, Yeah. 11 months after getting robbed of his first career goal in Detroit on the dad's trip, he got his first career goal at home. That was awesome to see. So shout out to to Bobby McMahon. Yeah. Shout out to Bobby McMahon. Always good to see our guys come up through the system and uh, yeah. Good for him. Yeah. Good for him. Um, So yeah. You good. You good with the games? Yeah, I think we talked about all three of them. All right, perfect. That'll give me enough time to transition into our talk with our sponsor, about our sponsor, excuse me, over at 
DraftKings Sportsbook, where you can bet the action on the ice with DraftKings Sportsbook here. Listen, I know you like the Leafs if you're listening to this podcast. There's some division futures out there. You can check them out on DraftKings. Right now, Leafs plus 220 to win the division. Is it a good bet? I don't know. Leafs are what? Four, six points. Six points behind Boston, but they do have a game in hand here. Boston still is rocking that money, that, that incredibly hot PDO. I don't know. If you want to fade them, you might want to do that over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use code THPN because new customers can get 150 bucks instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on hockey. That is code THPN only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Gambling, gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NEW-YORK or text HOPE-NEW-YORK 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. CDKNG.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gambling resources. NHL and NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Let's get into you referenced it earlier. You teased it earlier. And I want to talk about what you talked about or what we talked about a little bit earlier in this episode. It's that Jonas Siegel article titled The Max Domi Conundrum. Uh, so were you able you to read, read the article? I read it, yeah. Tell us I about it. it. So, hand up. I don't I have the athletics, so I can't read any of that stuff. I I read it, <laughs> and I it made me want to cancel my subscription to it. If I didn't split Ooh. it, with, if I didn't split it with someone, I actually probably would have canceled it. Um, but a dollar a month is too much for you. Yeah, it is honestly. Um, <laughs> for this, yeah. Um, but if I uh, let me let me just bring up the article because I can't remember the exact details that were in it. I just remember a lot of what he was talking about was saying that. He hasn't been producing enough defensively, and he re- referenced Art Rapim Ramp 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 R A R E P M R. Yeah, I can always I always say it better in my head. I yeah, those charts, right? So like that was his biggest thing, and he like proposed other options for three C for for teams like do tell. What? what were the other options? Tell us what these other oh, options. This, are. this is hilarious because he was. I'm ripping the end of part? my seat. No. <laughs> okay, so he talked about. Um, so first he, he covered some ba- poor shifts of Max Domi in the defensive zone where he mishandles the puck or something, uh, something along those lines, just highlights four plays, like fine, sure, whatever they say. These are reg- the, like turning over the puck like, in the defense, like turning yeah. over the puck. Like, like there was one where he, like, I'm looking at one right now where he goes into a board battle and he, he tries to get the puck and then he tries to make a play to a guy at center and it gets picked off. So like in the offensive zone. So Whatever. These... Before we move off of that, I'm going to be honest. If those are like your, oh, these are his defensive issues, I think you're pointing those out because you're just not smart enough to point out actual defense. You don't understand the defense yeah. and you don't understand, like you're you're missing out on parts where if it was like, oh, he didn't pick up his man here. He got beat on this. Um, he took a poor angle on the the guy with the puck here, he, t- he didn't pick up this guy. Those are defensive issues. Like turning over the puck in the defensive end is just puck management. So to call someone a 
poor defensive player and then to point out their puck management just shows that you don't really understand the defensive systems and or so, you, you don't know what you're looking for when it comes to, oh, is this guy a bad defensive player? Yeah, so is Max are, Domi a good defensive player? No, he's no. he's not. He frequently is in the wrong position and he's frequently, you know, getting taking bad angles on guys with the puck. But I, if I were to say, if I were to write out, oh, Max Domi's a bad defensive player, I wouldn't show him turning over the puck. That's puck management. It's kind of different. Yeah. So a, a lot of, yeah, he was saying that, but to be fair to him, he was saying that in the sense that Sheldon Keefe doesn't trust him. That, that was the angle he was kind he of coming at, he's bad which is fair, which is true. Yeah. He, it, it, you're exactly right. But the problem is, is the guys who he brought up here instead, which kind of bothered me where it's, he provides offense, obviously, right. Max Domi, but like what, what, what do we need to like replace that? Or like, what would we need as like someone you can trust and said who doesn't. So his first one that he provides is, 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 is Scott Lawton, which is crazy um, because Scott Lawton has been awful this year. Um, oh, really? And the next one he provides is Sean Monahan. Those are the only two options he's provided here. Um, Sean Monahan isn't playing center this year. I, I, again, I don't know. This is what he's off. He's, this is what he's proposing here, but I, I don't know. It's just the, the the way that he ended the article, like you said, where it was Domi hasn't been a bad signing, just an ill-fitting signing, a squarish peg jammed somewhat unexpectedly into a round hole. For, first of all, depending on the size of the square, it can fit it in the round hole. Um, but <laughs> uh, fine for the regular season, maybe not so fine when it counts most. It's just the insinuating that he's not going to be good in the playoffs for, for some reason here. And I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of things you can criticize Max Domi for, but there's also a lot of things that you could compliment Max Domi for that we have never seen before. And I feel like this is just low hanging fruit at this point, but like we were talking about it before we got on here and Max Domi is, I believe 16th in the NHL at five on five points or sorry, five on five assists. He's 16th, right? He's the only player out of everyone on that list. They have at least 150 to 200 more minutes than him. Mm -hmm. The only other he's played 320 minutes this year at five on five. The only other guy who's even close to him is below him. That's Joe Pavelski, who's played 380 minutes. And listen, obviously, Joe Pavelski is a much different player than Max Domi. But we we like to think of Joe Pavelski as a guy who can get assists and generate points, right? He's like a fantasy guy, if you like fantasy. So to say that, like, Max Domi is like the fact that he has he's putting up these numbers right now with the Leafs is honestly. I think it's like a, 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 it's this is completely viewed the wrong way because we're we're taking a different angle that we've never looked at before where we we actually have like an effective third pairing third scoring line which we haven't seen since we've had basically Nazem Kadri right that was the last time we kind of saw that when we had Nazem Kadri Tyler Bozak and Austin Matthews or or John Tavares whichever one whichever year you want to pick off there right so mm-hmm. personally I I I was bothered by this article you reminded me of it I forgot about it after I read it. Thank you for like bringing bringing it up to because I mean, it's just a, it's just so dumb. It was just so, so dumb. Go ahead. I will add this. Adding on to your part where you're saying he's 16th in the NHL in five on five assists, solid. All right. He is also 25th in the NHL in points per 60, with minimum 100 minutes played. His assists per 60, he is. Third in the NHL behind Johnny Brodzinski plays on the Rangers and Travis Boyd. Remember him? Number oh, four yeah. is Tim Stutzel and then Kent Johnson, Gabe Flardy. 
and so on and so forth. Mitch Marner's actually up here pretty high in points per 60. Minimum 100 minutes. Yeah, 13th in the NHL. Not bad. So here's the other thing I will bring up. You mentioned the three centers. We haven't had it since who knows when. Okay. What were the three centers for the Leafs going into the playoffs last year? It was Austin Matthews. It was John Tavares. And it was Ryan O'Reilly. Yes. Those are three solid centers, right? We were very happy to get Ryan O'Reilly. What was the complaint, though, in the playoffs, especially in round two against the Panthers? Foot foot speed and being foot slow. Speed. And just, just quickly here, the craziest part is that Siegel throws in like, oh, his foot speed has been declining over the last couple of years. Like you've been watching Max Domi for the last couple of years and you know that his foot speed is declining. Like, I don't okay, care if sure. it's declining. It's sure. still good. It's, it's still good fast. right now. Like, yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Is, it not, is it good or not right now? Like uh, answer that. Fine. Is it good it's or not? It works. It it's works. good. Yeah, it's it's good. fast. Yeah, like, what did, yeah. How did he, his second assist against Penguins, how did, like, all of his points, you're not getting any of them without that foot speed. Like, off the rush, he's been terrific. Like, if we're going to talk about, okay, he's not good defensively, sure. Keith doesn't seem to trust him very much. Yes, I agree as well. He doesn't trust that line. He especially does not trust Nick Robertson. Mm-hmm. So if you add, like, someone that can kind of help with the forechecking ability to help keep the puck in the offensive zone, and someone that can help in the defensive zone, a la, like, kind of like, like what Tyler Bertuzzi does in the defensive zone. You know how he's he's a good interrupter. He's mm-hmm. good. He knows his positioning. Although notice a few times this year, him and Morgan Riley getting crossed up. But I, I still think he's a solid defensive player and understands his positioning pretty well. If you add someone like that to that line of Domi and then Yarncroc, could that help? Could that help them play them more minutes? Do you think? I wonder. It's a hypothetical. It's a maybe. Yeah. So that also leads me to like another thing that I was thinking of like, so part of the thesis for this article is that like, again, we don't, we don't trust like Sheldon Keith doesn't trust Max Domi. True. Right. So we have to solve that problem. So obviously we solve that problem because we have to, we solve that problem by replacing Max Domi. And I'm going to get to your point here in in a second. And I, I agree with your point. And what you brought up here, but I think the root of that cause, why we don't, why we can't trust Max Domi, is because our second line is also we feel is not we have to kind of shelter that line as well. Is that fair to say? Right, that John Tavares, uh, like, have they been we, sheltered though this year? I, I guess, I guess with Mitch Marner on that second line, not really, but it feels like if he's not on that line, yeah, it feels like we do, and I guess that gets me to the point of saying like maybe the solution to. Jonas Siegel's made a problem here is like maybe we just get like a, a second center and John Tavares plays the wing, move move the forward move a forward down like you said, yeah, okay. and that just improves everything. Again, so, does this player exist? I don't know. I like, like that idea. Center. Sorry, better than the other option, which is move Domi to the wing. You cannot move Domi to the wing. Yeah, your yeah. options are keep him at center or trade him because yeah. he's not going to be very effective on the wing, or yeah. like he would be fourth line, which. Is that the best use of your assets? So this year so far, Tavares has been ozone starts at 53.6%. So they haven't really been sheltering it. I mean, last year was 55.5. The year before was 56.9. Sheltered, yeah. I would say, is more closer to like 58, 60%. Um, that's where you start. Like That's like a clear, like, okay, they're really trying to start them in the offensive zone. But 
yeah, I don't think they're sheltering them right now, mainly because they they just really hate that third pair, <laughs> that third line. Uh, but yeah, it, it, it is interesting, and it's the question I want to bring up. Do you think the Leafs should prioritize? Like, do you think the Leafs should look to add at forward at the trade deadline? Yes, yes, and this this is a this is a we okay. we're we going to talk about like they should add any possible way anywhere any way that they can. They have a first round pick ne- this year. They don't have their first round pick next year, mm-hmm. but they do have their first round pick in twenty. 20- 20 uh the 2026 draft they have no second round picks over the next three years though it's going to be tough to to make a trade but i mean we are in such an incredibly fortunate spot here like obviously sad to see what happened to john klingberg potentially season or the career ending injury for him but like that opens up four million dollars in cap space for us that is a, a lot of money at the deadline and that can go a long way that can go a long way Mm-hmm. We have a lot of cap space to work with a lot. We give a lot. We have so much we can possibly do. The biggest thing that's going to happen is who's going to be available. That's the biggest question that we have to answer because that's going to dictate what we would need. But I think for sure priority. I, I still think priority number priority one is, is getting that number. Like, like it's just getting Chris Tanev. That's it. And if you can't get Chris Tanev, then I think if there's a, a, not similar player, but close to a player like him that's available. You go and get him. If not, I think forward should be the number one priority. If that's if those guys aren't yeah. available, those, those are the big defense. But priority number one defenseman. But priority number two should a hundred percent be beefing up that forward group, as it always should be. So I want to break down what you just said because I think you brought up something interesting there. So number one, I do like the idea. Like I think the biggest hole right now in the Leafs is the defense, the goaltending. Kind of is a close second right now, but I'm banking on Joseph Wool coming back strong. So there's that. I'm always holding on to that one, baby. But what you just mentioned here. So the the defense, it looks like the Leafs, okay. Everyone's saying, okay, the Leafs are going to try to upgrade on defense at the trade deadline. Defense, defense, defense. Is it wise, though, to overpay and not be efficient with your assets and spend on defense? Or if there's a good forward available at a good price, why not just up? Do you think maybe why not upgrade on forward and kind of you're leaving the defense? You're you're then going to be going into the playoffs. Your defense being Riley, Brody, McCabe, Lilgren, Giordano, Timmins, and that's it. That would be your your defense. That's a well below average for a playoff team. But if you're able to add a good piece at forward, like, and the 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 cap efficiencies or the the trade efficiencies are not there on defense, I wonder. Yeah, and so I like wonder who would that be. If if you're saying like, you, could you if you could get like a better, more acclaimed, better player for the same amount of assets versus for forward versus D, would you do it? I guess is what you're saying. Right? Like yes, there's a, sorry, it's that's impossible a way to put it. It's it's impossible to have a equivalency between a forward and D, but I think you should, because I think your goal, no matter what is, the, is to make your team better. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, that's a good question. That's a very good question. It all depends on the players involved. I think it's a very context yeah. dependent question. Um, and who would that player have to be? I don't know. I like, would, this, this, if you're this below the level of like, that. yeah, if you're below the level of like an Elias Lindholm, I'm not saying go out and get the equivalent, 
of like a Blake Coleman. I don't think that would be enough. Yeah. Even though he's a good you, yeah. player. Yeah, you got to do more. But like if you're able to get like Elias Lindholm at a reasonable price or, or like maybe do you start to look at the Senators for like trade options there? I, I was so right stick? about them preseason. I was so right about them preseason. Oh, yeah. Yeah, our, <laughs> our good buddy Dave, the Sens fan, is who called into the show in the preseason. He is not doing well right now. I texted him yesterday. They were, I saw they were up 3 nothing. I'm like... Hey, like, wow, congratulations, blah, blah, blah. And then I checked the end of the game. I'm like, what the hell happened here? What happened? You were up 3 nothing on the Coyotes. And they just shit their pants so hard. Oh, my God. So they ate a bad piece of fish in, in the intermission there. I don't know what the hell happened there. That was That was food poisoning level shit your pants. So... Yeah. Bye. I mean, yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah. Regarding the trade, I think we'd have to take a deeper look at who would be available. There are very few forwards. I think that would be available. There are all, I cannot think of a forward off the top of my head though, who would be available that I'd rather have than Chris Danev though, to be, to like kind of really uh, like, okay, that would be available. Like key mm-hmm. word be available. Right. Like, cause obviously there are a ton of forwards I'd rather have over Chris Danev, but the likelihood that they're being dealt is probably not out there. So have you watched much Chris Tanev yet? Haven't, haven't seen a ton of them. I watched him a bit over. I just, I just know his play from over the years. I've never watched him very mm-hmm. closely. I've always, always liked his style of play, but yeah. Yeah. He's, he's solid. I've, I've gotten to watching him a little bit. I like, I like what he does. He's a defense, he's, pure, pure defensive defenseman, not really going to contribute offensively. Yeah. Although I think that, like I, I, I closely zeroed in on on him in two games. Like, yeah, two ga- There was two games I zeroed in on him. He had a goal, his first in like twenty five games, and an assist in that time too. I'm like, wow, what the hell's going on here? He's he's gonna be a point for but game when he really, becomes a lead fan. <laughs> yeah, apparently, it's not like one of those things where I was like last year. I was like, okay, Jake McCabe doesn't have a lot of offensive. Like he doesn't mm-hmm. have a lot of points with Sorry. Chicago. But yeah. the way that he's not, he's able to get the puck out of the defensive zone, I was like, he could put up 30 mm-hmm. points with the least. I could see that. And it's now finally coming to fruition. Tanev, I don't see that. I think he can move the puck out of the, his own end decently. I don't see him activating very much. I don't see the foot speeds not crazy there. But I think I like his skating and his edges and his ability to defend the cycle and kill cycles. The biggest thing for me was his ability to kill cycles and how smart he was defensively. I really, really liked that. And like, again, he's one of those guys blocks a ton of shots, but because he's in such good defensive position, he's, he's an absolute Mm -hmm. nail. I am getting a little bit concerned at like his age versus he is getting beat up a little bit right now. Especially he's been taken out of games a couple times now. So it's like, Oh geez. But yeah, that happens. So I, I would like Chris Tanev, and I do really think like having that right shot in the top four will really, really help. Um, I wonder if the Leafs continue Riley Brody and having Brody on his off wing or maybe keeping McCabe on his off wing and moving Brody to his left side. We'll see. I, yeah. It's just something that came to my head. But yeah, we've we've kind of talked about that a bit in the offseason. And, and we'll talk more about defensive trades targets. Yeah. In the, um, in the new year. In the new probably. year, for sure. Yeah. 
Um, but just a little preview on that. I, I, yeah. I like Tanev. I like what he brings. I wonder what he's going to cost. Defensive defensemen don't go for that much. Like, Jake McCabe half retained with an additional two years on his contract. The Leafs didn't give them a first round pick. I don't think did they for Jake McCabe. It was the Jake McCabe yeah, Sam Lafferty trade last year. Yeah, we did. What was the full trade? We gave a first and a second plus Joey Anderson and Pavel Gogolev, but we got two fifths back and the equivalent of a third in Sam Lafferty. Okay. So a first and a second, essentially, for Jake McCabe, a third and two-fifths. Okay, yeah. Okay, a full, full trade was Lafferty, a fifth in 2024, a fifth in 2025 for Anderson Gogolov. Round one pick in 2025, and then round two. Uh, okay, that makes sense. Round two in 2026. Okay, but that was half-retained Jake McCabe for the next two yes, years. for two years. As which well. is for $2 million a year of... of salary relief is valuable yeah like if you if you calculate how much we spent to dump uh what's exactly and mccabe had 20 points in 55 games that year too so what would a defensive defenseman doesn't have the offensive production on an expiring contract cost solid defensive defenseman but a defensive defenseman like think about this like manson didn't have the best underlying numbers colorado knew what they were getting and they it really worked for them but like Josh Manson, what did Josh Manson go for? Is that an equivalency you can kind of look at there? Yeah, I don't know. It's a good question. Probably Manson probably would be a good equivalency, but I think Manson's perception around the league is less regarded as Chris mm. as Tanev's. I think Tanev has pedigree around the league, which will drive up his acquisition costs. And I could what I could see happening. The problem is, is the Leafs don't have a second round pick, which makes it so tricky. Yeah. Right. So, do you I, think I would, he, would you value Tanev at a second round pick? So, I would say like maybe they trade it like a second, whatever, a, a, a myriad of picks along with a second plus some other picks with the condition that it would be a first if he resigns. That's what I think is going to happen. I think there's going to be a condition there that they'll ask for more if he resigns because, based off of what Elliot Freeman said on this a couple of weeks ago, uh, maybe a month ago now, said that part of the reason why we didn't get the deal done for Zadorov and Tanev, which we were very, the least were very, very, very heavily in on, was because the, they, they didn't want to, they were worried about Tanev re-signing with the Leafs. And they felt like they weren't getting enough from the Leafs for, to get, like, if Tanev were to re-sign. So, yeah. That's true. That's a good point I there. I mean, that then becomes, that becomes a lot. Like a first, I, I was thinking maybe, it, like, I think this would match his value. If you mm-hmm. swap Calgary second, which I don't even know if they have, but Calgary's second round pick for your first round pick. That's about the equivalency of a second round pick. Yeah, you're right. Think that's, about that's... this, because if, if it's the 25th overall pick, you say the expected value of the Leafs pick is around the 25th overall pick. The expected value of Calgary's second round pick is maybe the 40th. So 25 to 40 is 15 spots. That's worth a second and more. So what what I would probably do Creative. if I was what I would have to do to guess based on the parameters we just laid out there is it'd probably be a first for for a first for Chris Tanev and a second like you said but with the condition that the lease would lose the second and probably get like a lower pick or no pick if Tanev were to resign that's what I would guess is probably the trade yeah I I I think you're bang on in terms of the condition 
there's mm-hmm. going to be some sort of condition if they go after Tanev there. Um, in terms of other defensemen available, we could we could we we got to we'll take a look at this later. Yeah, yeah. I, I think yeah, it was fun to look at Chris Tanev. But I want to go back to your question regarding Samsonov. Can you move Samsonov clear cap and get some big player? right now I, I don't know what the exact cap room is with for the lease right now with uh klingberg such on ltir such a mess but yeah i know <laughs> <laughs> but i wanted to take a look at the assets right here and i wanted to go back to something that brad tree living said he's never brad tree living's never really been a big flashy guy at the deadline if you think about it like his biggest acquisition was a cali yarn crop for a second round pick he traded for opinion. he traded for um Tyler Toffoli. At the deadline? Yeah, didn't he? Didn't he do no. that at the deadline? Was that in the offseason? Yeah, that was in the offseason. Oh, why did I think that was at the deadline? Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, and then they got fleeced. That wasn't on, the deadline, you're right. In my opinion, they got fleeced on that other one. But Well, Sharon but, Govich, I guess, is scoring goals for them. So, whatever. Anyways, it was in the offseason. But at the deadline, like when you look at Calgary's best years, I don't think they made – big moves to try to upgrade it was mainly off season like so there's that number one number two he mentioned the prospect pool and how the leafs have, they kept the leafs have kept going back to the well kept going back to the well and it's kind of left the cupboards barren although i like some of the leafs prospects they're not flooding with great prospects right now we have two on team canada which is big mm-hmm. that's a good sign one of them's playing first line, I believe. Easton Cowan, from what I've seen a few times, has, has been playing first line too. Wow. So pretty huge there. A lot of people but, are going to be deleting tweets. <laughs> I hope. Yeah. So there are some guys that are projecting to be NHLers. Dennis mm-hmm. Hildeby, another win tonight. But you don't have too, too many of those guys. And that comment really struck me. Oh, you can't keep going back to the well. Our prospect pool is pretty bare, so on and so forth. Like, especially for rentals, too. So I wonder what Tree Living's really going to, like, if he's not afraid to not do anything at the deadline here. Because he doesn't want to. So, like, in terms, if this was Dubas, I could see him spending 2024 and 2026 first-round pick. And being like, I don't care. Yeah. Tree Living's a lot more you know, conservative in, especially at the deadline. Uh, he's more conservative at the deadline. I'll say that because he did pull the trigger on, well, he had to. So never mind, forget that trade. I was going to mention the Kachuk one, but he literally had to pull the trigger on that one, mm-hmm. but he's more conservative at the deadline. So I wonder, but the Leafs do have a third, a fourth, three fifth round picks, a sixth and two sevenths this year. So maybe they look at a lower level guy, but I don't think you're really going to be too impressed with anyone you trade for like two fifths, right? Yeah, yeah, no, they probably. Yeah, there's not really much. So I wonder. I, I, I wonder what's going to happen here. Yeah, um, that's why I like my suggestion: a first for a second. I think and that makes sense. It. I think I think you're right, and I think there's a condition on it where, like, either the like you said, the pick is reduced. Like the, the like you said, the first second either we get a reduced second round pick and it's like a seventh or a sixth mm-hmm. or a third fifth, and uh, if we sign them, I think that's yeah. Because I don't. If you're a contending team, I don't think 
couple fifth round picks is going to be able to patch up what the Leafs have right now. Mm-hmm. Right. Like to, to be able to go deep. I think uh, in, if this was Dubas, I would have said, yeah, they're spending that first round pick and this is who they're probably going to target. Right. Or I wonder if maybe tree living, if the, a guy comes up, that's willing to extend. If then he's more easy giving away that first round pick. Right. Mm-hmm. But you yeah. know, I don't yeah. see them going after Hannafin and Elias Lindholm. Just my opinion. But so that's where I'm like, and to go back to the original thought, okay, you clear out three and a half mil for cap space. I don't know if the GM's really going to be looking at someone with that high of a salary with what they have. Right? Yeah. That's does that make sense? No, that makes perfect sense. I I, I see that. Sorry, I'm just trying to play around with like the cap here just to see how much room we would have at the deadline. It's three three eight four three. Three three point eight four three. Yeah, so we have around $4 million. Oh, we'll see how that... I don't know. That's with a full roster too, though. So, Yeah. I, I I see what you're saying here, and it makes sense, but I just really think if we go into the deadline with that much... I feel like we're, we're for that sure... That much making, cap room, and you don't you have to. use it? Like You ha- almost have to. And Connor Timmins is like pegged as... Like, I, I guess... No. Maybe you're 70, maybe not. Like, do you move him? He makes $1.1 Like, do you... He's a weird one. Yeah. He's a really so. weird one. He was on like a five game point streak, but then you're just going to get those plays like last night where it's like he, mm-hmm. dying minutes of the game. You just tape to tape to, to Jimmy VC. So, like, so if you assume he's out, you have $5 million in cap space now. So it's like, yeah. I'm not assuming, but it's like, he's a really weird defenseman just simply because he makes great plays, makes smart plays, makes some great, pa- um, great stretch passes. But then, when it comes to quick decision making, sometimes he just goes, "I'm going to pass it straight to the other team." He, he, another guy who probably just needs some more seasoning, even though he's like so much older than like someone who like, he's just old. Like it's just unfortunate, but he just doesn't have, like you said, many times in any games under his. Don't point. worry. Once the Leafs trade him, he'll be a superstar. <laughs> no, it's crazy. He's only played 78 games and he's 25, but yeah, and it's and it's not like his fault, so. But kind of looks like Jim from the office. Anyways, <laughs> um, I can say if you shave the if he sh- if he shaves, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, uh, yeah. I think that's it though for me. Just one one thing to cap it off though with the Max Domi stuff. We didn't bring it up, but I really like how he elevate how he essentially has elevated Kali Yankrook. Kali Yankrook has gotten a lot of praise this season, mm-hmm. rightfully so. He's playing very well, but I think a lot of his praise is a result of him playing with an actual good playmaker in. Uh, in in Max Domi here, right? Like Yarnkirk has 16 points in 29 games, scored seven goals already, in in, in 29 games. He's he's gonna probably, I think it's a 25 goal pace. I want to say he's scoring at a 25 goal pace, which is more I than mean, last year. Look at his first 30 go- games last year. He had five points. He was playing with Pierre Engvall, who's not the greatest, who's not really a playmaker at all. And then when he gets mm-hmm. moved with Matthews, who started just became a playmaker last year when he was paired with Yarncroft. Like you, you start to see like Callie Yarncroft is pretty good. It's, it's funny because when you think of certain pairings, a lot of people do the dumb guy logic where it's like, Oh, this guy's fast. And then, and he's a good passer and this guy's slow and he's a good shot. Therefore they're going to be able to work well together. And quite mm-hmm. often it doesn't work like that. But like you look at 
Yarncroc's strengths and Domi's strengths, and they actually really do complement each other very well. And that's why they're scoring a ton off the like off the rush is where yeah. a lot of their yeah. Cali Yarncroc's good off the puck, getting giving himself space, and his shots pretty good, especially off the catch and release. And yeah. Domi's got some speed and can dish the puck really well. He's a terrific passer, really really skilled player. Just wish he could figure it out between the years a little bit. Yeah. And just one more th- you brought up a great point there about our off the rush offense. Our off the rush offense was horrible over the last couple of years. Um not over the last couple of years, over the la- like last year basically. Um just compared to last year and it's yeah. like a good it's always healthy to be able to attack both ways. It seems like that's how Vegas, that's how the good teams win is by being able to attack either off the rush or through cycle. They do both. That's what they do well anyways. Um just wanted to throw that yeah. in there before we signed off here. It's a great point. I mean, Vegas was able to the Leafs when the Leafs were able to successfully score against Florida, it was using speed. I mean, look mm-hmm. at guys. Lafferty that, was a scratch in round one, and then all of a sudden became like a superstar against Florida. Yeah. Alex Kerfoot, same thing. Even David Kampf was having success against Florida yeah. as well because of their speed through the middle. The other the top two lines weren't able to get generate that level of speed and generate chances through the neutral zone. So they really, they really did struggle. So to have a guy like that in your lineup that's able to generate through the neutral zone, which pretty much all of his points are coming just speed through the neutral zone, like it, it's it's very very advantageous to have. So yeah, that's yeah. just my thought. No, I, I like that. I pre- I appreciate your thoughts. Appreciate. Yeah. So I the one thing I want to do, and I want to put this out there, like compare the Leafs third line right now: Robertson, Domi, Yarncroc. The third lines across the league, like where would it rank? I'm genuinely curious. I have no idea. Yeah, no, I think that's a great. That's a good question, because yeah, I, I that's like a, a a homework homework for me. Yeah. I'm gonna go through and all these teams and look at look Take at their third at the lines. Forwards, the forwards. It's with the seventh, eighth, and ninth most ice time on the team at five on five. How would those yeah. guys rank versus what the Leafs have? It's so because it's so easy to say that. Oh, X team's third line is not very good. Like, would you rather have Max Domi, uh, Nick Robertson, and Cali Yarncrook, or would you rather have? Let's look at Boston just as a random example. James Van Rees, like Morgan Geeky, or Trent, and Trent Frederick. That's their third line. Oh, like I, I know, I, I know, know Van Rees that got hot earlier in the year. It's having a good year, but like, I don't know which one would you rather have. Right, like maybe I don't know. I'm just also going to do another, like let's look at Pittsburgh for example, who we just beat seven nothing. Would you rather have that? Or would you rather have Redeem Zahora, Zahorna, who was no, not an NHL player Redeem last Barnia- year? Redeem Barnani, Lars Eller, and Drew O'Connor. Like, no. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, and yeah, sure. Maybe, maybe they have Valtteri Pustinen down there instead of Drew O'Connor because Brian Rust is hurt. But is Pustinen number seven? Pardon? Is Houston in number seven? No, I'm just looking. I'm looking at their lines on daily faceoff. Okay. What's Tampa's third line? Tampa's third line. That's the next team I just clicked. Tyler Mott, Alex Barboulet, Connor Sheary. Huh. Let's keep going here because I feel like I feel like it's actually underappreciated how good our third line is. New York Rangers. They've had they were they have they bottomed out, had a decent enough assets in court, were able to go out and sign guys. Their third line is Nick Benino, Johnny Brodzinski, and Will Quill? Will Cooley. Will Cooley. From Toronto, Ontario, I believe. He was a former Marley. 
uh, Windsor Spitfire boy, big, big boy. He was the guy that Max Domi actually knocked yesterday. It was an interference, but he gave him a good run. And Cooley's six, six foot four, and Max Domi's five nine. So interesting yeah. to see. But well, you, again, I, I can keep because last I year can... I remember criticizing our third line. I'm like, oh, like it's it's not going to be good at this. And it was the third line at the time was it was like Bunting, O'Reilly. And I think maybe Kerfoot or something like mm-hmm. that. And your brother's like, pull up some other third lines. You'll be very surprised. Yeah. Yeah. We just pulled like, up a random sample of third lines in the Atlantic. And I think the Leafs third line compares pretty well against them. Yeah. So the only, only two that I've seen so far that are above and away the Leafs are the Devils who have literally like guys on rookie contracts who are nasty on their third line and Timo Is Mike Meyer. McLeod, their third line. Sorry. No, it's, it's Dawson Mercer, Alexander Holtz and Timo Meyer. As their third line. It's so crazy. Mike their fourth line center. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That team um, better go get a goalie. Oh my God. I know. And then, Disgusting. and then Carlson, Nicholas Roy and, and Paul Cotter for, Oh God. Well, that's good. That's good. Right. <laughs> <laughs> when you have Chandler Stevenson oh, and Jack Eichel, it's a, it's a luxury, it's a luxury, right? Yeah, um, you're paying Chandler Stevenson dick all. And he just yeah. decides to become a good hockey player. Well, not decides to become, but is is a turns out a very is. good hockey player. Yeah. Anyways, anyways, what did the Capitals right. trade get in return for fifth, Chandler fifth Stevenson? Pick. A fifth okay. round pick. I remember Evolving Wild being all over him, like this guy's the best. Because the the issue is with Evolving Wild, like they did with this with Nachushkin as well, is they get on these guys early and they're like this, but they say like this guy's the best player in the league. It's like, well, no, he's not, (laughs) but he's a very. And then they turned out to be like very, very good players. Yeah, and it's like, oh, these guys knew something, but they're not the best player in the league. But funny. Anyways, Anyways, you have anything else? That's it for me. So, bit of an interesting week. I doubt next week will be as interesting as a five-goal comeback and a 7 nothing whomping. But, yeah. And then holiday break's actually coming up. I think we have uh, two more games and then the holiday break for a little bit. And then we're back the 27th against the Senators. So, that's what's upcoming. Anyways, thanks everyone for listening. Goalies go.